Hello, I'm Ivan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Amber Light Public Speaking Podcast. This is episode 16, Rhetorical Devices, Repetition Part 1. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that I hope you enjoy this series of episodes. If you feel you've gained something valuable from any of the episodes up to now, please consider letting me know by supporting the podcast. The primary way to do that is to buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app for iPhone and iPad, available in the App Store. With this app, you can practice your speeches and ensure they run to time, and you can also use it to time speakers at your Toastmasters or debating club. Head over to amberlightapp.com to read more about it and watch some demo videos. The link is also in the show notes. If you don't have an iPad or iPhone or you can't spare any cash at the moment, I'll talk about some other ways you can support the podcast at the end of the episode. For now, let's get on with the show. The most amazing gifts to speechwriters and public speakers are rhetorical devices. They enable us to turn our prose into poetry. These techniques were first written about nearly two and a half thousand years ago. They work then, they work now. I want to talk about some rhetorical devices over a few episodes, as they are very useful. Whenever I'm stuck for a strong conclusion to my speech, I know I can look through a list of rhetorical devices and find some kind of inspiration. And you'll be amazed what difference they can make to your writing, and how well audiences can respond to them. One thing to be careful of is overusing any rhetorical devices. They're like using a spice in cooking. Use a little, and it gives it a kick. Use a lot, and your meal will be memorable for all the wrong reasons. On this episode, in particular, I'm going to explore two related forms of repetition, called anaphora and epiphora. They are techniques used in some of the most memorable speeches ever written, so they're well worth studying. Device 1. Anaphora. If you were to go out with a clipboard and a biro and stand on a busy high street, and to ask people walking by with their shopping bags to name a classic speech, most of them would give you the same two answers. I Have a Dream by Martin Luther King, or possibly We Shall Fight Them on the Beaches by Winston Churchill. Both of these speeches are memorable. Both of these speeches are moving. Both of these speeches use anaphora. Anaphora is where you repeat the same words at the beginning of each clause or sentence. Here's Martin Luther King with his I Have a Dream speech. I still have a dream. Yeah. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream. That one day, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, 
the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. He repeats the words, I have a dream, at the start of each paragraph. Each paragraph paints us a picture. Each picture is of racial unity and peace. Once these pictures are in our minds, they become our dream too. And isn't it interesting that everyone remembers the speech as the I have a dream speech, the very phrase he repeats. It just goes to show how powerful anaphora is at making ideas stick in people's minds. Next, we have Churchill with his We Will Fight Them on the Beaches speech. Sir, I have myself full confidence that if all do their duty, if nothing is neglected, and if the best arrangements are made, as they are being made, we shall prove ourselves once more able to defend our island home, to ride out the storm of war, and to outlive the menace of tyranny, if necessary, for years, if necessary, alone. At any rate, that is what we are going to try to do. That is the resolve of His Majesty's government, every man of them. That is the will of Parliament and the nation. The British Empire and the French Republic, linked together in their cause and in their need, will defend to the death their native soil, aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France, we shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. 
can be a bit shocking to hear Churchill's voice in this modern age. His delivery is certainly idiosyncratic, deliberate, stoic, weary. The energy comes not from his voice, but from the language and words. Anaphora is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. It's worth bearing in mind the context of this speech as well. The reason Churchill was making this speech was because the war was going very badly in France, and soon all that would separate German forces from Britain would be a sliver of water. Everyone knew Britain was up against the ropes. Some may have felt that defeat was imminent. Churchill's speech was a rallying cry. He was saying that even if German forces arrived on British land, there would be no surrender. It was a speech of gritted teeth and clenched fists in Britain's darkest hour. Anaphora is powerful because it creates a hook on which to hang your thoughts and ideas. It's like the chorus of a song that every brain in your audience starts to hum along to. Use it well, and the audience will be singing along with you. Device 2. Epiphora. Epiphora is the same idea, but the other way around. This time it's repeating the same word or words at the end of each phrase or sentence. This example from Corinthians in the Bible. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I fought as a child. But then I became a man. I put away childish things. Lincoln said, Government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall never perish from this earth. And here is a great example from Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, where Henry Fonda plays Tom Joad. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere, wherever you can look. Wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, I'll be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. I'll be in the way guys yell when they're mad. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand the dog. Epiphora is emphasis. It's banging the table to punctuate the sentence. It hammers the point home. If anaphora gives you a hook to hang your ideas on, epiphora takes your one idea and nails it to the wall repeatedly. It's emphatic. And sometimes you need to be emphatic. Sure, you can say something and hope your audience have heard you. With epiphora, there's no way they can miss it. I hope you found that interesting. Much of the research for this podcast came from the books I reviewed in episode 15, so if you want to learn more about rhetoric, I suggest you go and listen to that episode again and hear more about those fantastic books.
If you got something out of this episode, please spend a moment to support this podcast. As mentioned before, you can buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app by going to amberlightapp.com. This podcast is available on iTunes as well as Stitcher, SoundCloud and all good podcasting applications. Do consider leaving a five-star review and do tell your friends about it. Additionally, there's a Twitter account, at Amberlight App. Consider following the account and retweeting some of the tweets there, especially about either the app or the podcast. Amberlight is also on LinkedIn, Google+, and Facebook, so do follow us there as well. Well, that's all for this episode. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode. All the best. Bye.